Hello and welcome to the Heal, Equip, and Release podcast. I'm your host, Karen Cruz. Through my work as a licensed counselor, I have developed a passion and hunger to see more women set free as they are healed, equipped, and released into their God-given identity and purpose. Scripture tells us that God has made each one of us with a specific plan and purpose in mind, and His plan for our lives is meant to lead us to a future of hope, blessing, and unshakable peace. However, today many of us find that we are far from experiencing this promise in our daily lives. The truth is that we are in a war, and the battle plan of our enemy is to wound us in such a way that we miss out on the fullness of God's vision for our lives. In this podcast, I will help you explore and experience the love, truth, beauty, and goodness of God that has the power to heal your heart, renew your mind, reignite your spirit, and set you free to joyfully fulfill the unique mission God has placed on your life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast today. Katie and I are excited to chat with you um, and hopefully help you. Yeah, hope you get ready for uh, this thing that's happening and continue to get ready for this thing that's happening in less, less than a week. Lent. Lent. This is for all those procrastinators who haven't figured it out yet. Like <laughs> I usually do. I know I mentioned that in the last episode too. And we had a week off because life happened. Stomach bugs. And I think I counted five times we tried to record and I canceled. Right. Maybe it was less than that. <laughs> It felt like that many times. And then I just life with a big family. So, you know, it's all good, though, because we are just letting you know life is real here, too. And we're just showing up as best we can. And it's going to be great. So I I am really excited about this, though, because, I mean, Len is such an important and beautiful time. And um, at least it's meant to be. (laughs) And, And I think. We are, we've been, you know, I've been, I've been praying about, I'm sorry, I'm going to lead this, this conversation here today, but, um, you know, individual prayer, um, how to approach that when it, or in, your individual, I guess, maybe more, uh, approach to Lent, like how, what's your focus going to be? And, you know, as I was thinking about it, I think it's always good to kind of use the guidelines the church offers, which, you know, the church encourages us, um, to look at prayer, fasting and almsgiving. Um, but I think yeah. one of the big things that we need to kind of keep in mind is like, what's the goal of this, right? Like, right. We don't want to end Lent and like, like oh, finally, I can go back to how I was before. <laughs> right. It's meant to change us, right? I mean, and we don't want it to be just a checklist that we check stuff off. Yes, and, and that's our spiritual life in general. But I do think that it's just it's often what can it can kind of feel like, and our experience can be. We kind of power through and, um, but God has so much more. And I think the more that we are able to kind of think about that and have some guidelines uh, for how to enter into that experience more, that's what I really think today will be a little bit practical for that. Um, so, so just, I'm going to touch on first on actually a little out of order of the prayer, fasting, almsgiving. I want to touch on fasting and almsgiving first and just some thoughts I've had about those things. Um, with fasting, I know for me, ever since I've been a kid, like the fasting piece was like, all right, what am I not going to eat? Like, it's like, what am I cutting out that I like? Right. And it was always, you know, I have a sweet tooth. So it was always like, I'm not going to eat dessert or something um, or TV or whatever it, it might be. And those things are not bad. But I think if we don't maybe take things a little bit deeper and say, well, why? Like, what is, what is, how is this helping me 
Because the ultimate goal of all of this is is union with God, like intimacy with God, our relationship with him becoming deeper and being more rooted in Christ. And if at the end of the day you evaluate the past however many lengths where you've given up some sort of food potentially or whatever the thing is for you, and you think about it, has this really helped me grow my relationship with God? And maybe we need to rethink that. Like, like, or right. is it? Yeah. What's the I, I just, What's the reason behind what you do? Why you're doing what you're doing? Yeah, because I remember it always stuck with me. Father Mike Schmitz, who I love, I think it was a YouTube video where he just said, and it just stuck with me. Harder is not better, and I was like, it's right. not. It's <laughs> like really, right. that's news to me because I was like, right. harder's better, right? <laughs> like. The harder it is, the better. And that's like how I'd like go into Lent is like, what are the hardest things I can do? And this is like the performance <laughs> achiever in me. Not everybody's like this, but that's my, <laughs> one of my flaws. Um, but, but yeah, like that is, that's not how he wants us to approach this. So if anyone, if that resonates with anyone, give you permission to not feel guilty. If mm-hmm. you feel like you're not doing as hard of a thing necessarily as you have in the past, it's really about how is this nurturing my relationship with God? And so I feel like one of the things that stuck out to me is like, okay, I want to fast from something for something and, and kind of get an idea of what is, what is behind this thing. So for example, in, in my, you know, my commitments for this year, I've just been noticing in the craziness of this world, I have been seeking some sense of, I guess I'm imagining control or understanding about what's going on by watching YouTube or like news videos and just like telling myself that it's, I'm, I'm, I'm in keeping myself informed, but then it'll get like sucked into rabbit holes and conspiracy. <laughs> and 45 minutes later, you're still. <laughs> Do I feel better after? <laughs> like, I just right. feel like. It's not very life-giving. That's I right. I need a bunker. Yeah, right. A bunker and a food supply. And about 20 more acres of land that I can't afford. (laughs) That's Um, right. So not helpful. Not helpful. Um, And so I'm like, all right, this isn't like, this is something I really need to cut out. And then that's something I've discerned. So it's like, okay, but, but not just cut it out. And I think this is where we can often kind of miss a bit of the the boat or the fruit here is, but what am I going to replace that with? Like, what, what do I, what is going to help me with this thing? I acknowledge that there is uncertainty in the world right now. There are questions about what is going on that honestly, literally, I think only God and some really high up people know what is going on. Right. Right. <laughs> and I don't think YouTube's actually going to give me the answer or the news or <laughs> these people who are trying. And even if they did, that wouldn't necessarily solve the problem. It would just, you know, tell me more information. That's so right. who's who's the source of my peace? Who's who knows well, the future? Who knows like you know how to care for me best is the Lord, and I need to draw close to Him. You know, and mm-hmm. and so what are ways I can do that? You know, whether that's um, in those times, and I think this is where self awareness is huge. In those times where I'm typically drawn to fill some time by watching a video, maybe that's boredom or distraction or whatever it might be. It's like, okay, what am I going to do instead? Is there a spiritual book I'm going to read? Is there, um, maybe a, maybe it would be, okay, I'm going to pray divine mercy chaplet. I'm going to, I I mean, there's so many possibilities, you know, I guess I I still need to work on that part. I haven't quite figured out what I'm going to do. Got some more days here, but, but that it's like, how can I grow in trust? How can I grow in surrender? 
and surrender what I don't understand and what I can't control, which at the end of the day is like, <laughs> there's so much, you know, I don't understand and I can't control. Right. And if you watch the news, you just become more and more aware of all of that. So, um, yeah, growing in surrender, growing in, uh, you know, there's a, actually a great book that I've read multiple times. I might pull out again called into your hands, father. Um, it's written by Carmelite priest. I think it's Carmelite named father Stinnison. Mm-hmm. And it's really just about like surrendering, obviously your life into the hands of the father. And so that's because we talk about this in the podcast a lot, which you focus on grows. So if I'm fasting from something, I want to replace it with something else. So other ideas for people like fasting from, I mean, I always encourage social media, right? Right. Well, yeah. I, you know, one of the things, so I, it's no secret that I work in the, the eating disorder world. So I'm always a little, mm. I always take this time of year and I'm, and I'm always a little, um, hyper aware or hesitant to encourage people to cut all kinds of foods out. Um, I realize that that's a a filter that I wear, but, um, I think I've said this before. I think moms especially need to be really well nourished to do their jobs and be present, uh, body, mind, and spirit to do their jobs and raising the tiny humans that God's put in their hands. And so, um, some things that I would point out is that we, the church asks us to actually fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and asks us to abstain from um, meat, not fish, but meat on Fridays through Lent. And so some, so if you meet those obligations, you are walking in line with the church. And if, you know, there are still ways to um, embrace food as an aspect of fasting, but not cut out a whole food group, not cut out something with an ulterior motive to lose weight or be more Mm -hmm. holy or more virtuous. Um, One of the things I actually did this last year is we, I decided I was going to, for Lent each week, I would meal plan our meals and stick to the meal plan. I would have to grocery shop according to the meal plan and stick to the meal plan, which actually was, it was a discipline. And really Lent is building habits, building the art of discipline. And so, you know, I, it's, relatively, I cook all the time, three meals a day. It's relatively easy for me to throw stuff together. That's just a skill that I've built over the years, but I don't always stick to plan. And my husband and I would have a bad habit of like two or three times running to the grocery store in the middle of the week, just because I had a hankering for something or I wanted to change the plan. And so what I did last year is that's exactly what I did was all through Lent. Each week I made a plan for the meals. I took into account, you know, time, money, energy, resources, commitments, all of that. And and my husband and I talked about it and we committed to not going to the store in the middle of the week and making sure we stuck to the meal plan. And that was really, really fruitful. Mm. And it was far more fruitful than if I had just cut out Coca-Cola. I love Coke, by the way, cut out Coke or cut out coffee. Nobody would want to be around me if I cut out coffee or if I cut out sweets. It was actually saying, okay, Lord, let me take my time, energy, talents, and treasures. Let me build the discipline, the habit of being a good steward of what I have at this particular time. And I found that to be a really fruitful practice. Um, And I think there, you know, just like you said, I think there are lots of things we can fast from that don't have to be food related. And yet we can still walk in line with the church. And the the goal is, you know, what is, um, what is, what is the heart? What is behind us? What is the heart of what we're choosing to fast from? Um, 
Yeah. And it could be maybe having another meatless date mixed in. Maybe you have yeah. two meatless days. I know the old church used to do Wednesdays and Fridays without meat. So there are ways to do that and still be well-nourished so that you are equipped to serve those put in your path and not be some, you know, I am always skeptical of people cutting out full food groups or, you know, all of those things. So. Yeah. I also really love how you said there's a self-awareness piece where, okay, if, if cutting this out is going to inhibit your ability to love well, do not cut right. it out. Now, maybe right. there's something to look at there. <laughs> like, I mean, you're that attached to it, but I would just say there's also just some reality of, okay, sometimes caffeine is just helpful, you know? And when you have seven children <laughs> in 10 years, caffeine is yeah. really helpful. <laughs> And it's just, I mean, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's so much food shame, which is a whole other episode we'll do someday. But, um, but yeah, this is not the place for this time is really like, we want to look at our hearts and the goal is to love better God and everyone around us. So, um, yeah, when it comes to fasting, keep that in mind. I also, uh, just side note, if you still have that meal plan, um, I want it. Because I, I need help with meal planning. I'm like, that is going to be on my list of possibilities because... Well, we're supposed to talk about meal planning next week. That's Oh, right. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. To be continued. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, good good tips on fasting. Give yourself permission. Yes. Uh, fall in line, obviously, with the church and the meatless days and all these like food-related fasting. We're obviously not telling you not to do that. But when it comes to fasting, you might choose. Yeah. Give yourself permission to go outside the food loop and and look a little bit like yeah. deeper, um, you know, fasting from complaining when you're inconvenienced, fasting, that's, that's on my list. That's a hard one. <laughs> you know, that's like from my one. phone for the, in the morning, like put my phone I do that. Yeah. In, the, in the kitchen charging, you do not need it at night or maybe away from you that you can't look at it while you're going to bed. I mean, there's so many things, there's so many possibilities, but, um, where this is this going to really- Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say this sounds really silly, but we, my family love, love, loves music, all kinds of music. And this is an Advent thing, but we have talked about carrying it over into Lent. Um, we don't do any rock or fun music. We do like holy music um, or church music for that penitent <laughs> time of fasting. Cause yes. instead of doing, like, yeah, that's good. You know, fun pop, <clears throat> rock, uh, bebop kind of music. Anyways, so just another thought. Yeah, so so many ideas. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on real quickly when it comes to almsgiving, um, obviously that can be kind of a, a simpler one, but again, sometimes it's helpful to look and be like, where am I putting my money now that maybe isn't uh bearing fruit? Where I might it might you might even be able to put fasting and almsgiving into one category potentially, like um fasting from I don't know, one of these subscriptions that we might have that's costing money and you could pause that subscription um, and and put that money somewhere else. I don't know. Like it's just because even when it comes to almsgiving, depending on, on budgets and stuff, like there isn't maybe a whole lot of extra sometimes. I mean, there's so many possibilities here, but where are we putting our money um, that isn't really bearing fruit that we could kind of shift things right. around. I think it's just always good to, to just see where it could cost us a little bit, maybe, you know, it, and like, uh, uh, on a deeper level, like, okay, yeah, maybe that, uh, I don't know, trip to Starbucks or something like I can, I can like save that money and, and give it to some, something else, you know? So there's like a right. little bit of, a, I can make my coffee at home and, and give that $5 every day because Starbucks is so stinking expensive, um, so expensive. To, to something else. Um, right. So 
so many options. If there's homeless people, you could get together with like in your in your area. We've done this in the past, like make little bags that you can pass out and include your kids um, as a way to to love and serve others as well as something that you include with your family. So, I mean, you guys know the possibilities are endless, but the goal of this podcast episode is really to encourage you to think a little more deeply and to prepare a little bit, you know, before we jump in. Um, but the big thing I wanted to talk about that I'm, you know, I, I feel like is, is so huge is prayer, which is like the, I think at the foundation of everything, our relationship with God. Um, I think it's Teresa of Avila who says that, uh, you know, prayer is a com- meant to be a conversation between friends. And when we kind of step back and even hear that sentence, like, do you feel, and many people don't, so this isn't meant to be like a condemning question, but like, like God is your friend, you know, that's like the right answer, but, um, you know, is that a, is that a sense in your relationship relationally? Do you turn to the Lord as a friend and right. to know that the goal of our lives is to dive deeper and deeper into friendship with the Lord? And what is friendship? It's, um, the experience of of being known deeply, of knowing someone deeply, doing life together on a certain level, like um, being there inviting for each other. In. What'd you say? Inviting them in. Yeah, inviting them in. Yeah, I mean, vulnerability, right? Like invi- choosing to, yeah, engage with someone on a deeper level to invite them into your life. And so, um, you know, when we look at prayer, I think again, a lot of times it's just, it's easier and I get it. And I've done this and I've done Lent like this before to just get some ideas, put them on a checklist and try to do them every day. <laughs> like, like I'm going to say a mercy chaplet. I'm going to go to mass. I'm going to pray the rosary. And all of those things are great. And if they're on your list, I'm not saying you shouldn't, they shouldn't be there. But if your prayer life tends to feel like a burden and you kind of dread Lent because uh, it's just, other stuff you suddenly have to do, then mm-hmm. I, this next part I'm going to talk to you about is is meant to kind of help you look a little more deeply at this and 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 realize like God, um, He wants you to have like a an I saw dare I say enjoyable relationship with Him. Like obviously there's going right. to be suffering and and like and He wants to be your comforter in those times. Right. Not saying God wants you to have rainbows and butterflies all the time, but. Um, when he allows suffering, it's for a purpose, but as a good friend, he's always with you. And, and so much of our prayer life is rooted in, I mean, and in words of psychology, which is my, my background, like, like developing a, a healthy attachment <laughs> to God. And, yeah. and so much of sin is unhealthy. It separates us. Yeah. It separates that attachment from God. It, it, it tries to break, break the bonds of attachment. Yes. Right. And it's when we attach ourselves to other to things other than God for, um, the, our needs, like we, we find solace or comfort in something other than God. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the point of looking at fasting and almsgiving. You're trying to help, you know, break some of those unholy attachments and essentially idols. Right. But, um, but, but how do we do that? It's like, there's, there's legitimate needs we have for relationship and for comfort and for, um, just the needs of the human heart and, and God wants to satisfy those needs. And what's really interesting is just as in a, in a friend, like God, you know, knows you, (laughs) he knows you so well, your best friend, that's why you love your friend or your spouse or whoever, like you feel like they know you and they understand you and they accept you for who you are. And they're not asking you to be someone that you're not. 
And mm-hmm. I think when it comes to our journey of holiness in prayer, sometimes we can look at other people or look at how they pray or even look at the saints and say, I need to be like this. I'm not good unless I do this. And we'll take a list of things other people do and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And if that that prayer discipline is really, really hard for us or really difficult, we maybe beat ourselves up or we feel guilty or like there's something wrong with us. And so what I recently, actually I discovered this a few years ago, but I'm revisiting it. Um, there's actually um, been some studies done on prayer and like personality, prayer and temperament that as right. I went through them, I was like, this is really, really, really interesting. And um, I'm just encouraging you guys to um, take a look at this, you know, that how you are designed in your personality um, affects how you connect with God naturally, like what your natural disposition is, what you're naturally drawn to when it comes to prayer. And the more that you, and this is where self-knowledge is so important in the journey of holiness, like knowing our strengths, knowing our weaknesses, knowing, um, you know, that, that God meets us in our strengths and in our weakness and wants to connect with us the way that we connect well, so that it isn't that, for example, someone, and this is one of the temperaments or one of the personality types, like Some people really truly connect best with God and feel God's presence most in nature, for example. Other people really enjoy like a very routine ritual, kind of like liturgy, the hours, rosary, kind of prayer, and they really connect with God there. Other people are much more like, let's say, free-spirited in their prayer in some ways, like just want to have more of an open dialogue, conversation, conversational prayer, and actually struggle with let's say, um, repetitive prayers, like the rosary, and it feels like disconnected to them. And that none of that, not not one way is better than the other. And that they're all, um, it's really your disposition of the heart and connecting with the Lord that is good. I'm not saying that just because, you know, the the repetitive prayers of the rosary isn't your favorite. So you know, that means like, don't ever do it or it's not, you know, but, but, but it's like to know that there's nothing wrong with you, that you're drawn to something different. And so the, the what I encourage people to do, and there's a, there's a, a blog called uh, piercedhands.com. And this episode or this episode, <laughs> this, this blog series is all about spirituality and temperament and prayer. And she says temperament, but I would say temperament in this case is actually more personality type because it's based on the Myers-Briggs personality types. Um, and, and so if you haven't taken the Myers-Briggs and you don't know what you are, there's a free test online right. at 16personalities.com. We'll put this in the show notes. You can just click it. You can take the test. It's super Very interesting. Fascinating. In and of itself, I absolutely love this test. So fascinating. Website, yes. there's so much free that you can, it's just awesome. It's such a great website. But to then look at this for prayer, all I, I I sent Katie hers and we happened to be the same spirituality type. And at least for me, it was like, oh, wow, this really describes me. And then I looked mm-hmm. at my husband who's different than I am and it really describes him. And it, and, and it's, it's really interesting to be able to say, oh yeah, like I, my personality type, I'm an ENFP. So in this, um, and I'm, I'm an INFJ. Yeah. So where NF is the the one that leads you to your personality type. So NF types are Augustinian personalities. Katie and I are opposite on the other ends. You know, I'm an right. I'm introverted. Yeah, <laughs> I'm extroverted, clearly. Um, but uh, but um, so it, it's just, it, it's really, really fascinating to be able to 
to look at, okay, so some actual suggestions for prayer. And for me, like I struggle with the rosary, like the rosary, I do it out of like um, obedience and I try to do it well and, and, you know, pray it well. And, and I know it's powerful, whether I feel anything from it or not, but for a while I'm like, well, what is wrong with me? So many people love the rosary and I like, I struggle with it. And then I'm reading in here and I'm like, oh, actually this is not like this personality. My personality type is one that struggles with this repetitive kind of prayer, but I'm much more drawn to like, um, you know, like developing a relationship with God and having these conversations and this kind of, that kind of spirituality comes more easily to me. Um, you know, praying out loud and like, I don't know, it's just, I'm not going to, I don't have time to kind of go through all the different differences for sake of time here. But, um, I've noticed like my husband does better with like, he loves liturgy of the hours. He loves like the real structure and that's his, his personality, which is different than mine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He thrives in that really helps him connect with the Lord. And so, um, it's really helpful. I think to, I'm finding it to base what my goals are for growing spiritually with the Lord on how he's designed me to connect Mm -hmm. with not only him, but also with others, because the, the same brain and heart that connects with people (laughs) well in certain ways and in certain environments is also how we connect with the Lord. So I think it just creates a lot of freedom and like, um, yeah, permission to not beat yourself up. If one form of prayer that somebody says, this is how I just experienced God so great. And you do this and you're like, I got nothing. (laughs) It doesn't mean you did something wrong. It doesn't mean that (laughs) there's something wrong with you, but you might really benefit from exploring what your personality type is and how you tend to some options within that. Yeah. How did it connect with God in that, in that, that kind of design that he's put in you? So as Karen mentioned, she and I are both NF. Did you notice that uh, it said in the description that we require more silence than any other form of I did. I did notice that. I did notice that. It was the irony of life. It is, right? Because we both have seven kids. But it's funny because I wouldn't have thought that except... Yeah. Like if I, and I know we both have done this, this is a season, not so much that I have, but getting up early before everyone else, I know you do that. Um, or we do that right now. Yeah. It's, it's something that I've done and it's so fruitful and it's something I'm motivated to do. And people will be like, Oh my gosh, I can never do that. I don't know how you do that. And they'll like say they'll compare themselves and feel like they're not as whatever as me because I'm getting up at like 5am and I'm like, no, this makes sense. This, this I need necessary. this. <laughs> like, yeah. I, well, that's, I mean, that's what it is for us. I mean, I know, I don't even, I can't remember if I said this on the podcast, but we, we, our children are learning, entering into our second decade of parenting and we have kids that are up at five 30. We always have had early risers and we have kids that are up till, you know, eight 39 o'clock at night. And I still have a baby that gets up in the middle of the night and other people that get up in the middle of the night from time to time. And so when my husband and I used to have evening time together to have quiet time, we're done by nine o'clock. He and I are done. We keep farmer's hours. We are in bed at nine. We are up at five. And one of the things we discovered, you know, we were both looking to just have time together, just sit together, not do any, like have time where we were fresh and, you know, well charged. And my husband was like, you know, we get up at five 30 anyways. What if we get up at 5 AM, we have a cup of coffee, we say our prayers and we have some quiet time before anybody's feet hit the floor. Mm -hmm. And, and I have found 
you know, while I certainly love the sleep, I actually find that if we don't get that time together and with God, I'm actually not the nicest mom, which is really sad to say, but it's, it's self-care for me. I have to get up early in order to actually be present and positive and alert for my children. And, and that's just how, what we've found in this particular season to be effective. And it's not like we're, you know, we have, um, from, we say are like some things that are on our hearts, but then we also just do like a morning offering and, um, pray for protection for our family and each other. And so we're not talking about 20 minutes of prayer. It's just taking a minute to center ourselves together and offer our day together to God. And and then we really are quiet in the dark, which is really nice because then the day gets going and, you know, but it's a way to charge. So recharge or start charging. Yeah, absolutely. And I just feel like that's, it's so powerful to just even name, okay, this is something that I really need to carve out time for and make a priority. This is a way that, that I'm designed to, um, yeah. And that you're not beating yourself up that you want that, you know, like, Oh gosh, I, like, I'm, you know, I want to get away and maybe you'd be tempted to, to freight, like see that through some sort of defect in you that you're trying to, you're craving silence so much, but no, that's, that's your design and that's how you will thrive. And to see the fruit of that is huge. So that's what's I think so powerful about, you know, having the self-awareness that comes from taking some time to do like a Myers-Briggs personality quiz and and look at the list strengths and weaknesses in general from just like a psychological perspective. But to then combine this with um, the articles I'm going to put in the in the show notes, so you guys can click them based on your personality type. It's It's just really helpful to have some ideas about like you know, for example, the, the NFs are Augustinian prayer type. Um, SJ is, um, the Ignatian personality or prayer type, Ignatian prayer and NT is Thomistic and SP is Franciscan. The letters don't mean anything to you yet, but they will, if you take the test, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Franciscan, Thomistic, Ignatian, and August, Augustinian, uh, prayer, spirituality types approach prayer differently. And in mm-hmm. all very beautiful ways, um, none is not one is better than another, but mm-hmm. it's, it's really powerful to pray within your temperament, God-given within your personality. personality. God-given personality. That's right. It's kind of like your job. Like you think about like, if you, you kind of recognize certain personalities tend to be gifted in certain professions and they feel alive in that work base because they are using their gifts and that's how they're wired and and prayer can be the same thing. And and God wants you to be who you are in your relationship with him and not be like white knuckling your prayer life because you're want to be just like Ignatius, but you're actually wired more like Augustine, for example, you know? Right. Well, I also think, um, yeah, I think that can, I was just, as I was, we, when you're contemplating fasting too, if you know your personality type, I think about that one tidbit, like we crave more silence or we need more silence. Well, perhaps that can help you determine what you choose to fast from. Mm-hmm. What can yeah. help provide you that opportunity to create more silence if that's what you, your God-given temperament, you know, required or thrives in, I guess is a better way of saying it. So yeah, personality tests can be very helpful, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just feel like this would be something that probably you wouldn't hear many other places, sort of a different approach to making your plan. So within the, within the kind of the the articles, it gives you suggestions for scriptures that you could pray on based on your prayer type. It gives you a way of like, um, you know, they said like, uh, 
what is it? Ignatian personality types will maybe be more apt to look and meditate um, on the past, like entering into the scriptures um, mm-hmm. as if they were in that time in the past and, and, and gathering from that. Whereas the Augustinian would be taking the past and pulling it into the present more naturally saying, how does it apply to me today in my life right now? Which at least for me is exactly what I'm more pro is- to. <laughs> and I, like, I struggle with like going back and like, okay, I'm here. I'm in, I'm with Jesus. And it just feels way more uncomfortable. Like, and I think, why am I so bad at this Ignatian <laughs> meditation? I just, I can't do it very well. And then I'm like, oh, well, that's okay. I mean, it doesn't mean that yeah, it can't bear fruit, but it doesn't come as naturally to me. So for me, I'm like, right. wow, this is great. I'm understanding why. Um, whereas like my husband probably has a really hard time taking scripture and applying it to, to his life day. right now, which I'm like, you can't yeah. do that. And he's like, wait, you can't go. But yeah, we're just different. And so it's really good. It even gives you ideas for praying with your kids, which I love, which is going to be a different. We're going to talk about that too coming up, but yeah. There's a lot of good stuff here. So yeah. I encourage you to, to check it all out. Great. Yeah. That's what I got. Those are That's my, my thing. What about you? Well, you know, one of the things we talked about was sharing some things that have worked for us in different lengths in the past, yeah. just some ideas. And um, I'm, you know, I contemplated and I think there were a few things that stood out to me. Um you know, I've done all kinds of different things for Lent. Um, when I think I had, so I've done things like study. So like take up and read, I've had a couple of studies that have scripture and like saint or um, reflections and um, rosary prompts and things like that. So that's more of like a book or a guided um, type approach that I've done during Lent, almost like a Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um and then I did magnify last year. I modified magnify a bit. It's pretty, it can be pretty intense, but I actually found with modifications that, you know, I, some of the, the fasting I felt was a bit intense, but the, the weekly themes, the scripture and the saint um, content was really inspiring. And one, a few of the things that um, it did require was like a rosary a day, Oh, I can't remember all. I meant to grab the book before we recorded, but I, I walked out of the house with it. But, but one of the things that I did from did take from that was um, I found the rosary on YouTube. Some people might say this is cheating. I don't think it's cheating. I found a rosary on that is recorded on YouTube. It's a 15 minute rosary. And I have to be honest, I was able to do that every day while getting ready or before bed. And it just took 15 minutes and I was able to, to pray it as I was doing something. And it was so fruitful. I don't know how, I mean, it was just, it, it simplified that because I'm, I don't necessarily always have the time to sit down and for 25 minutes or 20 minutes and do that. So I feel like it was a beautiful way and we can, I can, we can add the link to their to those recordings in the show notes on YouTube, but it was just a beautifully done rosary, but done in succinct 15 minutes. And so I was actually able to commit and pray a rosary every day, which I felt bore really great fruit. And then the other thing that really stood out to me is I think back to when I had five children in six years and I was really stre- like stretched is an understatement. And there was a season of that time where I, there was no rhythm or, um, 
bookends to the day. I mean, it was like, you know, all of my adult life, I had had quiet time in the morning and quiet time in the evening and having all of these little tiny humans. And they were all very little and had all very big needs. And six years, there was no consistency. And God bless my spiritual director. He said, all God wants is a relationship with you. And if that means, he said, why don't you not worry about checking any of the boxes, but for this Lent, show up for five to 10 minutes with a cup of coffee and just tell God you want to sit in his presence in your living room. And it was such a gift to me in that particular season when there were so many people that had so many needs. And I it allowed God to then come fill me up to then meet those needs. And and I think there are times when we are asked to do more and be more interactive. And then I think there are times and seasons when we are asked to just receive the blessings and gifts from God. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, that was really fruitful. And I did that for a couple of years because we had a lot of little people for a long time and they're all getting a little bit bigger now, but you know, you know, when I've done things like silence, my cell phone, we don't do a lot of social media anyways anymore. So that's kind of a habit that was formed last year. I really was inspired last Lent to decrease social media. And that was something that just really bore great fruit. Um, but I think the message that as I was really contemplating this idea of prayer for Lent, that I would encourage everybody to consider is that we were created by God for God. And all he wants, like you said, is just connection and relationship with us. And so it's not about doing the perfect prayer. It's not about having all of the boxes checked, if you're doing something like magnify 90, which was a great option or take up and read or just reading your Bible or just praying rosary. It's just, what can you do to bring yourself closer to having an active relationship with God? Because that's what he wants. And he knows and understands where you are in this particular season that you're walking in this particular moment. So I just love that. The the reflection on that season of your life. Um, Yeah. I find it really just been moving, just listening to you because it's such an important, it's so healing to just know that there are seasons where God just really wants you to let him love you. Like he does not asking you to do anything except let him love you and to sit there and know that he sees you in how stretched you are and in, and in your exhaustion. And he's like, will you just sit with me? Like, you can't do this without me. Let me just let me pour into you. Let me love you. And how that like you had like five or 10 minutes with, with a cup of coffee and not like, and I'm not going to have coffee because you know, no, like, girl, I have my coffee with cream yeah. that I do not share. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, it's just really beautiful. Cause I do think there's a lot of healing that needs to happen in so many hearts in their image of God as just this gentle, loving, right. compassionate father. A lot right. of us have father wounds. A lot of us have a hard time relating to or imagining or picturing a gentle, compassionate, helpful, not demanding, um, right. irritated, easily bothered father who's like, you know, you know, what have you, you know, just like, just not, not feeling like somebody you want to hang out with. But then there's this, this, the reality of your earth or your heavenly father who's just like, just come sit with me. Let me feel. Well, not, a, well, not yeah. only that, I mean, I think, you know, I think about my temperament. I'm driven. I have perfectionistic tendencies. I want to check a box. <laughs> if you have a box to check, I want to check that box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. but to, to have someone say, no, you don't yes. have to do that. You don't have to strive to be with God. You don't have to strive to be in his presence or to have relationship with him. He just wants you to be with him. That's all he desires. And that doesn't 
doesn't and didn't necessarily come naturally for me. Um, But that was exactly what I needed in that particular season, which was more than Lent, by the way. It lasted more than Lent. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good fruit to, to see whatever you, whatever you've begun during Lent that you're like, I'm going to keep doing this. I feel like that is a, that's awesome. (laughs) That's really good when that's happening. That's a sign of some good fruit. So I, I, I feel like this is great because I feel like we've kind of, we kind of began with a whole bunch of ideas of things to do, but then if you listen to that and you were getting really overwhelmed, um, anyone listening and we're like, oh my gosh, I don't know. There's too much, you know, then I want you to really re-listen to these last few minutes where Katie shared, because that probably means you're in a season where God wants to just love on you and right. wants you to create some space for that. And to know that he's not disappointed in you if that's quote unquote all you do. Um, Because it really is like letting, I mean, being Mary, right guys? Like Mary and the story of Mary and Martha um, is what I'm referring to here, where you're just sitting at the feet of Jesus and taking in just what he's saying to you or just his presence. Um, Knowing that there's like a million things you could do or could be doing like Martha but that you're choosing just to sit and and that is the better part, as Jesus said, yeah. that that might be what he's inviting you into. So I think that's really, really beautiful that you shared that, Katie. Thank you. Um, because I think that's also a very needed message for so many, um, especially especially any any harried moms out there that might be listening who are like, oh, yeah, five, so what is, five kids in six years. That's it's no joke. Not sure how we all survived that. Yeah, yeah. it's no joke. So, so good. Well, thanks. I feel like this is a good place to to wrap it up. Um, yeah, I am grateful for what you shared too and, and bringing it into my prayer as I continue to kind of nail down what the Lord's calling me to um, this season. But I'm praying for all you guys. Um, we're praying for yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah. Lent is fast approaching. And I think next time we're just going to talk about some practical tips for living life as a family. Yes. During Lent. That sounds great. I'm excited. Katie's going to be leading that one. Sounds good. All right, guys. (laughs) I need some tips. All right. Have a wonderful day. God bless you guys.